0: Hello and welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. Our episode today is titled KOMA. KOMA Radio was born on Christmas Eve 1922 in Oklahoma City under the call letters KFJF with only 15 watts of power. In 1945, KOMA had more power and was broadcasting the football games of University of Oklahoma and Oklahoma A&M. We all know that school as Oklahoma State today. The sports department and play-by-play announcer was a man named Kirk Gowdy. If you're familiar with sports back in the day, Kirk Gowdy is a familiar name. He was always my favorite play-by-play man in any sport he ever announced In 1958, KOMA began a new format where they were a top 40 rock and roll station. And through the 60s and the 70s, you could hear the powerful 50,000 watt KOMA after dark on 1520 AM. I would cruise up and down Main Street listening to KOMA stop at a payphone, like at the hotel next to the theater and use some of my change and call K.O.M.A. and dedicate a song to the girlfriend of the week. I know I had a bunch of girlfriends and most of them didn't last very long and I understand that that was my fault. I couldn't figure girls out. I couldn't figure it out at all. Luckily for me, I found a woman later that figured me out. And now it's been almost forty-three years ago we got married, but I didn't know her in the day of K.O.M.A., when I cruise up Main Street, make a U.E., and cruise back down, singing along with "I'm a Believer" or "Happy Together," trying to steal a kiss with the date of the week in my front seat to groovin' or to sir with love. Being in the car with a bunch of friends, with the windows down, singing along to Windy, or come back when you grow up, girl. Cruising around, feeling solitary, listening to I Second That Emotion, feeling emboldened, and having the AM radio as loud as it'll go, listening to a different drum. Is a rite of passage to listen to KOMA. In the '60s and the '70s, you could hear that station after dark throughout the Western United States. In the little town I grew up in, clear up there in the middle of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, we got it just as clear as a bell. I can only remember getting three radio stations back then. KOA out of Denver was an AM station you got during the day. and I spoke of this station before, how my dad would listen to Pete Smythe's General Store in the morning while he made breakfast on that news radio station. KIMN out of Denver was a top 40 rock and roll station. And it came in really pretty good during the day, but you could not pick it up at night. And even if you could, it couldn't hold a candle to K-O-M-A. Do you remember? Yours truly, K-O-M-A. Or, how about the kissing tone? That was a great one. I love to call in and dedicate a song to a girl. Once in a while, you could maybe even hear yourself on the radio when you're talking to the disc jockey doing that dedication. That's why we like that hotel next to the theater. It had a phone in the lobby, so you could sit in there and be warm in the wintertime, calling the radio station, maybe having a transistor radio with you and listening, hoping you'd hear your voice. KOMA is ingrained in my teenage years, kind of like if I had a tattoo It will never go away, some of the memories that are associated with listening to that radio station. Well, like they say, all good things must end. And in 1980, KOMA became a country station. Then it became an FM station, and then a news station. It had to change with the times, and part of the times was changing because of the Internet. In 2015, a tornado took out the 1520 AM 50,000 watt of power tower that was built in 1947. Today, KOMA 1520 AM does not exist. There is a KOMA 92.5 FM that has gone back to pop music. They do podcasts and the like. I do not know if it's even a shadow of its former self, but it is still alive. If you Google KOMA, you're likely to get things about somewhere in Japan. With the old days of 50,000 watts, cruising up and down Main Street, making a Yui and cruising back down, waving to your friends, honking at somebody coming out of the El Grand Theater, Singing along with the Supremes, all those are in our rear view mirror. It touched me in a place nothing else ever touched me. And I just opened the door just to crack, just to share it with you today. On episode 48, we introduced a new segment called Boomer Tall Tales, a loose definition of a tall tale is a story based on some facts that are generally very exaggerated and hard to believe, meant for entertainment. That first tall tale we presented back at the first of the year was loosely based on a book by Ralph Hubbard written in 1935 called The Wolf's Song. It is an adventure of two Kiowa Indians, a man and wife, that left the plains and somehow made their way up into the Rocky Mountains, up by where I was born and raised. It's a wonderful book, and it's classified a junior's book, but it's two inches thick maybe, and an easy read, and just a wonderful story. I Hope I Did It Justice by Shorty Tall Earl. How he made his way across the plains with a horse with no name. How he loved and eventually married tall Edna. Today's Boomer Tall Tale is titled Sirloin. Back in 1817, there was a man named Loin. He lived in England in the West Midlands. And he had a dream and no one was gonna stop his dream. Even if he was only 19 years of age, he could dream. His dream was to take Hereford cattle to the new world and introduce them to this wonderful cow, the beautiful red cow with a white face, the stocky, wonderful cow that produced wonderful meat. He wondered how he could get over there with a cow And so he worked and he dreamed and he saved his money and he saved his money and he worked and he dreamed and time went on. Several years passed and Loin met a man and shared his dream with him. Little did Loin know that this man was a wealthy man that had no pretenses about him and he caught the vision that Loin had and he financed Loin's trip. And he helped Loin buy a wonderful bull. And Loin named him Butcher. Because no butcher ever is going to see you, my friend. And a hundred head of cattle. And they took off for the New World. Aboard a sailing vessel that was the envy of every Englishman. And they made their way to the New World. And found a port in Savannah. And Loin and Butcher And his hundred cows got off of the sailing vessel and started up north. And he went north and he went west because he knew that the country was to be explored to the west. And he wanted to introduce his wonderful cows to the brave men and women to the west. Lohan would stop for the winter. And in the spring, his cows would give birth to their calves and butcher was their father and loin sold the cattle for a very reasonable amount and if he saw somebody that could not afford one of his cows he would give them a couple and everywhere he went he either sold his cows or gave his cows away and his herd grew and it grew and over the years as loin worked his way to the north and to the west His herd grew, and before Loin knew it, he had a 1,000 cows. And Loin was still a young man, for he was only 40. And he worked his way to the north and to the west. And then he turned 50, and he had 10,000 cows. And then Loin turned 60, and he had 20,000 cows. He could not give his cattle away fast enough. And the herds flourished wherever Loin had traveled. And people knew what a Hereford cow was. And Loin was very pleased. Then one day, a terrible disease took over his herd. And Loin fought for his cows. And he fought for his cows. And he fought for his cows. And Butcher was an old bull by then. And Loin said, my herd will not disappear into death. My herd is well, and it's whole, and it's healthy. Well, by the time the terrible disease passed by, Loin only had 500 cows, and Butcher was an old, old bull, and Loin was becoming an old man. And then Loin was delivering calves one day, And the most perfect calf was born, a big red calf with a perfectly white face. And Loin said, I will keep this calf, and he will be my new bull. And I'll call him Butch, because he is the son of Butcher. Well, Loin and Butch and the 500 cows entered the Colorado Territory, for it was a new territory. And it was wonderful, and it was beautiful, and he could see the mountains. And Loin said, this is where I want to bring my Hereford cows. And he took his 500 plus cattle, and they went over the mountains. And they found their way into the wonderful park, with mountains all around, and rivers, and meadows, and the perfect place to raise a Hereford cow. And he introduced the Hereford to that wonderful country. Years later, Loin was a 110 years old, and Butch was a very old bull, and he is ready to lie down. And a man from England came and said, Loin, I am a representative of the old country. I have been sent to find you, for you have brought the most noble herd to this country and it's prospered, and it's grown, and everybody knows about the Hereford, and I am a representative of the king, and I have come to bestow upon you a great honor. And Loin, being an old man with clouded eyes and a stoop frame, stood erect and said, I don't understand. And the man pulled out a sword and said, Loin, Please kneel. So Loin did as he was requested. And the man said, By my authority from the king of the old world, I now knight you, Sir Loin. And the rest, as they say, is stake history. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us today for a little trip down memory lane in KOMA and putting up with our baby boomer tall tales sirloin if you'd like to be a patron of baby boomer tales podcasts you can visit our website babyboomerTales.com. there's a link there called support our podcast and it'll give you directions on how you can do that very thing thank you very much for being here today with us i love having you here There's no way in the world I could do this podcast without you. Never forget, always remember to be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday.